Successful Performer Cast, Episode 27. This is the show that interviews one full-time professional entertainer per week with the goal of inspiring and equipping those who are working to make the leap themselves. This is the Successful Performer Cast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Successful Performer Cast, the show that interviews professional entertainers to inspire you, our listeners. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you of a few things. Be sure to pick up your free PDF show booking and debrief form that I've put together for you. It's an invaluable tool that will help you keep track of all aspects of your show and get everything you can out of it in order to improve your act and grow as a performer. Pick it up at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash booking sheet. Don't forget to visit our Facebook group where you can go and post questions and help each other out with any business challenges you might have. It's a closed group right now, so you'll have to request entry, but don't worry. I'll let you in. I promise. Find that at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash FB group. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Charismatic Conjurer for his rating and review on the iTunes store. If anyone else would like to do that as well, it certainly helps and I would really appreciate it. Finally, if you can think of anything I can do to improve my show, any resources you'd like to see on my website, or would like to suggest someone to interview, please drop me a line at ks at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com or hit me up on the social networks and let me know. I'm open to suggestions and feedback and have already implemented many suggestions from you guys. Now, let's get to the good stuff. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show a wonderful performer. Christian Kajigal is an actor, writer, and magician out of and around the San Francisco Bay Area. He is one of ten Bay Area artists on their way to becoming icons, as dictated by the San Francisco Weekly, and was voted Best of the Bay for the second time by the San Francisco Bay Guardian. He's performed his unique brand of slightly creepy, and I would add mildly disturbing, magic as an artist-in-residence at two theaters, San Francisco Exit's Theater, or San, San Francisco's Exit Theater, and Quebec's Beyond the Mountain. Mm-hmm. He's produced a number of his own shows, The 13 Steps, The Pandora Experiment, The Long-Running Obscura, The Collection, and the show Now and at the Hour, which he's currently working on a performance film of, and that is being directed by internationally recognized San Francisco filmmaker H.P. Mendoza. Finally, he's also consulted for a number of theater companies, such as ACT's MFA program, Crowded Crowded Fire Theater Company, The Traveling Jewish Theater Company, Marin Shakespeare Company, Exit Theater's Diva Fest, and the San Francisco Ghost Hunt Walking Tour. Christian, I'm super excited to have you on the Successful Performer Cast as a guest. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs> so I, I'd like to start off with a little bit of inspiration. I would like to hear from you. Do you have a favorite success quote or a uh, specific mantra that you live by? Um, the 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 quote that I think I still have up on uh, up on my Facebook that I, and I occasionally use on signatures and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I've never even questioned or looked, or looked, looked, looked into it, but I believe it's, it's Jim Henson. It's, it's a quote that I learned, uh, of his, uh, shortly after he passed, 
um, which was uh, take what you got and fly with it. Nice. You know, it's like, you know, you took some, took some felt and some ping pong balls and all of a sudden, you know, after a few, after, after a lot of hard work, he, he created the Muppets, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay. And especially coming from, uh, uh, you know, independent theater or what might be now the DIY mm-hmm. kind of theater, um, where you, you have no budget. In fact, you have nothing. Go make a show. Um, it's, uh, it, it definitely, it definitely gave me, it gave me inspiration, uh, to, to focus on that, to, you know, to start off with nothing and keep on trying to make work with it and, and get people to see it. Sure. Yeah. Could you maybe give us a specific example of how you've, uh, taken that and, and made it work for your business or your show? Hmm. A specific example. Um, well, I, I think, uh, um, one great example, anybody who's ever like, you know, try to do shows on any level, um, they may have experienced, if you're lucky enough to have all the money in the world, mm-hmm. um, and then put on what you want to put on, it almost, it almost makes things worse. And, and kind of the, a classic, tr- uh, mantra actually in art is, um, uh, oh, I can't remember it. Sorry. It's a bit early for me. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's it, yeah. It's it's sometimes like having limitations is what makes you more creative. Odd, oddly enough, um, you become more imaginative when you have to use your imagination to make something work, um, as opposed to literally. Oh, I get to like have the dragon on stage, and then I get to, and then I get to have all the lights I want, and then I have all the people I want on stage. Um, I didn't get to have any of those things. Um, I wanted to experiment with theater and magic and how I can mix them. And and I would love to have done like little playlets and scenes and sets and whatever, but I was not going to be able to afford to do that while I experimented with theater magic. So I had little tiny black box theaters that might seat 30 or 40 people. Mm-hmm. And I had a few dollars so I could maybe buy a few props. And with me, that became like, you know, old antiques. And the rest was just storytelling. My My methods are like nothing that most of my methods are not anything particularly crazy or innovative. Uh, it's stuff you are anybody already knows in magic and mentalism, and it's like, okay, well, can I take what I already know? Can I take these couple old props that didn't cost too much, <laughs> and, and then take and then take a room full of people and a story, and can I try and create a world of magic with that? And you know, it's worked yeah. out so far. Awesome. So, Christian, could you bring us into your journey into how you discovered magic and mentalism, or how it discovered you? <laughs> um. I, I think it's like 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 most of us, you know. I was a kid. I discovered magic. I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't stop, you know. Um, and then, like, I eventually discovered Harry Anderson yeah. and Harry Anderson's Hello Sucker special on Showtime. And I recorded it, and I watched it a million and one times, and I just completely fell in love with all of it. You know, particularly uh, the the moments that were more like theater, that were more like storytelling, like the needle through arm, mm-hmm. like the like the three card monarch. Um, and, and I completely love that. And I, and to this day I could still do, I could probably still recite the entire special like word for word. And then like a f- couple weeks later, by coincidence, you know, on some local magazine television show in San Francisco called, uh, called evening magazine, actually, mm-hmm. um, they go to different locations every, every week, you know, or, or every day. And there was, there was, I, that's when I learned about the house of magic on chestnut in the marina. And, uh, 
And I was like, oh my God, mom, dad, you gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go, you gotta take me. <laughs> they took me the next day. And uh, that was, I was 11 going on 12 at the time. Uh, for the most part, I just never stopped. Um, yeah. Uh, that's how I discovered magic. And, uh, and yeah, so I, you know, learned magic, you know, going to the house of magic. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't have other magicians to hang out with yet too much. But apart from that, I didn't have anybody. I didn't go to conventions. My parents didn't have money to do that. So it's like everything was like watching TV specials of magic, recording them, pl- play back in slow-mo, frame by frame, mm-hmm. learn, learn, learn how to do things that way too, teach myself, go practice in the mirror. Um, and, uh, and then a couple years after that was high school and, and like, oh, well, I'm, I'll, I'll take theater class. And I mean, pretty much I always knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be... I wanted to be an actor and maybe even do musicals, and but definitely a magician. Yeah. Um, and try find ways to weave all these things together. Um, I, I interned for Jay Alexander, who's a one of the top corporate guys who lives uh, who lives here in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and um, and you know helped him on his shows and learned from him and learned the business side more and did cold calling for him and stuff like that. Oh wow. Um, which uh, which I still hate doing. <laughs> well, I don't even cold call. I cold email. Okay. Um, yay, internet. Um, <laughs> for, for, us, for, us, for us nerds who are antisocial. The Bay Area is kind of like maybe two or three or maybe even four different magic communities. Hmm. Um, we're kind of, the Bay Area is always kind of like separate sections. But there's definitely overlap. And that put me in contact with, uh, with my good friend Jim Fastbinder, uh, who's a, a mentalist dude. And uh, I helped him create the San Francisco, the San Francisco Ghost Hunt walking tour. Mm-hmm. Wow! Um, and I even did did some research on it. And and you know, he, uh, going through college, he, he helped me out. I did research for him, and he uh, he threw a few bucks at me, and and uh, and I gave the tour uh, on off nights sometimes, you know. Um, so that helped me. Uh, that helped me out in life and a little pocket cash to get me through college. Mm-hmm. And you know, I. I get to tell ghost stories and do magic tricks, yeah. um, right at night. Worst ways to make a living, um, and uh, but that again was like you know storytelling and magic and and learning a different st- style of magic because it would be a little spookier and you know learning things to do like yeah you know, I was already doing haunted key but I had to like you know like uh, uh, get bold and be willing to do things like haunted key in someone else's hand. Right. <laughs> yep. And I'm all like, "You want me to do what? That's I, I'm no, I can't do that because I was used to like nice safe magic tricks where I've learned all my skills and I know I will never do them wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to mentalism or spookier magic, where sometimes you have to like hand over a little bit of the power to someone else. Yeah. Um, and if it works, you have a, this amazing moment of of mystery and magic. Um, and so doing more of that on the tour definitely became an influence on me too. Um, I found myself getting whisked away into the, um, the San Francisco mime troupe, hmm. which is not my mime, the way we think of it. It's okay. a, br- a broader definition of the word mime, but their, uh, their roots are, are, you know, essentially Italian marketplace theater from like, you know, centuries ago, but, it, but it's not quite like that. It's, it's out, it's actually, um, comedy, political theater, mm-hmm. comedy, political musicals. They so it's like since the sixties the, the the mime troupe is like goes out to different parks uh, throughout the summer in the Bay Area and puts up their stage and these are even like you know professional actors that are involved because like, their company members are producing it 
Yeah. And and uh, and they put up the stage and they set up the band and they put up the uh, the, the the souvenir tchotchke booth and then they do sound check and then they have lunch and they get into like three layers of costumes because there are, it's like six people playing you know ten different roles and and uh, and it, and then like around you know two p.m. everybody shows up and they you're gonna see some brand new political satire totally skewering the the political climate of the time. It is very. It is. It is. It is the epitome of pinko commie leftist theater. Um, I am from the Bay Area. I am from right. from from just outside San Francisco. So, I I am definitely left of center. There you go. <laughs> um, the company was actually a, uh, is actually a collective. It's when you are a company officially a company member. Uh, everyone has. I I would have. I had an equal say as the person who had been there my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know. Wow. Yeah. And and these people had been have been creating shows and and trying to di- dissect the political climate and 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 uh and you know they believe you know sticking up for for the common man mm-hmm. and and uh uh for 50 years you know and and everybody did everything like at some point everybody did everything like i had to do some pr and i had to do some marketing and i was on the writing team for one of the shows and of course i was one of the actors and as the one of the actors on tour you got a you know, schlep and set up the set and unpack the truck and yeah. and, and set it and and then tear it all down after you've just done a show, um, and uh, so that again is like my again my examples of how my life was just full of DIY theater. You know, mm-hmm. do it yourself theater. Um, yeah, you you just go in and you get your hands dirty. You uh, and, you learn as you go and right and and just do it. Could you right. uh, could you go back and talk a little bit about what it was like working uh, with and uh, and under Jay Alexander and maybe a couple of the th- of the things you learned about business from him? Yeah, um, I mean, were there specific rules that I learned? Uh, you know, he 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 would he didn't really like work work that way. Just more kind of like. I was around him and kind of watched him watched him work and yeah and and try to do the things that he was doing. Uh, like like the two things were kind of finding the balance between cutting your own path um, and and still finding a way to make money at it. Yeah. You know, because people, you know, sadly in society, sometimes the best way to make money is to not cut your own path at all, right? Mm-hmm. To do exactly what's been done before, and he. He always was a little different, you know. He was he was a cat in a zoot suit and long hair <laughs> back back when the the whole neo swing movement was happening, right? Yeah. And he was doing uh, corporate gigs, you know, and 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 other magicians would be like, "Why isn't he wearing a tuxedo?" Right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like because it's 1992. We don't have to wear a tuxedo anymore. Yeah. Or 1995, or actually by this point, by the time I knew him. Um, and so, so, so being willing to, to, to create your own brand and to cut your own path um, and to stick to that and then forge yourself forward into the world <laughs> and, and become successful, sometimes, sometimes in spite of what – you always in spite of what people negatively want to say about say what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and then I would say – Relationships, and that's kind of the common thing, and you know, in business, always have relationships. Right. But, but I mean, he's been performing professionally since he was a teenager, since he was a kid. Like, and like for like when he was a teenager, he he was a clown, and 
I think it was Coco. Was it Coco the Clown? And and uh, and like you know, he he had a, he did his birthday party gigs, and then he would get like names and addresses of 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 the kids, especially the ones he just performed for. And the following year, he would always send them like a little birthday card or something, mm-hmm. right? Even if they hadn't hired him, right? Yeah. And it's like, wow, okay. And he was already thinking like this in his teenage years, you know. So, so it, it def- so it definitely always made me think of even if you don't have a act- an actual connected, you know, you know literal uh, uh, relationship with someone, to to somehow always remain in touch and and try to remain in touch in, in a genuine way, because a lot of times a company or performer or whatever sends us that you know. That postcard, or that yeah. postcard, and it's kind of like, well, you didn't really send this to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, thanks for the birthday wish, but you know, I mean, thanks for the Christmas card or whatever, yeah. but you didn't really, you know, it's not really like you care about me, right? Your uh, signature is printed on there; it doesn't even right. look like you wrote it, <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, unless there's like a little actual genuine message there, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's definitely something, and you know, I I I, I don't do mailers, and and I don't know if I've necessarily even succeeded at at that idea of always creating those connections. Um, but, uh, but it's something, at least in my own mind, I think I'm endeavoring to do. And for me, uh, the internet has actually helped me do that more. You know, I mean, I kind of, I, I am a bit of a, can I say whore of Facebook on your pot, on your cast? Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, because I, uh, cause I just, I just enjoy Facebook too much. And, but also it's like, I get to, I get to like, see what other people's lives are, 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 are are like and and like make a cute little comment and and like like I want to support someone's like cool new thing that just happened in their life. I'll yeah. like that, you know. Um, and uh, I try and actually I try and be genuine on on Facebook um, and and social media in general. Uh, and I hope that's my way of of just you know trying to actually have something that resembles a a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as opposed to just using my Facebook to billboard myself all the time, which yeah, yeah. which I do as well. But, but, uh, but I'm surprised, you know, I'm, I'm surprised at how much people care when I billboard myself. Um, cause I'll post on what I think are really interesting articles, right? Cause I, yeah. and I, and I do try and genuinely think about what I po- post on my Facebook. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and curate that. Um, but so even when I know it's going to be politically charged, I know I'm doing that, right? Yep. But it's, I'm, I'm trying to show that I am also a human being who yeah. has thoughts and feelings, right? It's, it's part of you. Exactly. You know, yeah. And, and uh, and sometimes I post things that I think, oh, nobody, nobody liked that. That I was looking for the validation, just sort of thinking, oh, I think people might appreciate this. And 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 nobody's like, and, think, and I'm thinking, oh, nobody's nobody's watching the Facebook. All right, okay. And then I post something what I think is completely and utterly self serving. And look at me, look at me, I did something special, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, it's got like, oh, you know, a, a, a gajillion likes and comments. Okay, people are watching my Facebook, and then I guess. You know the things that I do post and 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 comment on, um, are coming across and 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 in some way people do feel invested or connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so so building relationships and and being real with people. Yeah, yeah. you know, sometimes finding the balance between being real and just being polite. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that that goes that you that that's, that's a balance that you find as you're in it in there doing it. You know what I mean. Right, so right. yeah, so Christian, as you were as you were trying to uh, make performing and magic uh, your career, did you encounter any resistance from family and friends? 
Um, sure. Uh, mainly, mainly family. And even then really, uh, I have to give my parents some credit actually. I mean, early on, yeah, my, 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 they were encouraging. They liked the fact that I did magic tricks and my dad would, would, would take me to the magic shop and such. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I think even now my dad would appreciate it if I, (laughs) if I, if I had a, if I had another job that made me more money. Oh, <laughs> um, and because uh, I'm still kind of, I would say, in mid career, shall we say, where things are starting to take off and make make income, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, uh. So yeah, so there was you know some of the parental resistance that I think most people who want to go into entertainment or the arts get from their parents. Yeah. Um. But no, actually, they also I, I've been surprised of how much they've. They've stayed. They've they've sort of stayed out of my way. They um, you know, my parents. My parents are not big encouragers. It's mm-hmm. not like they're they're jumping up and down for joy and for just for the, just the fact that I showed up to the game, little whether or not I won a trophy. Yeah. They uh, they, their way of showing encouragement was they didn't yell. Um, <laughs> they didn't they didn't get angry. They they just uh, sat quietly and went okay, and that's. That's when you know when 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 my mom would kind of be like, okay, then I knew I had her blessing. Huh? Um, yeah. If, otherwise, if she if she were, if if she was raving and screaming, that's a bad thing. There <laughs> that's, you go. That's a bad. <laughs> go so. get a real job, Christian. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> so, Christian, could you tell us about a specific failure that you've had along the road? Something that we could all learn from? Um. <laughs> the the. The, the glass is half empty, half of me. Okay. Uh, wants to say that it's a constant stream of failures. Right, right. That I don't necessarily have one. Um, I like I don't feel I necessarily. I mean, I could tell you one big one, but I mean, I I don't really feel it. I I just feel like you know uh, uh, every day you know especially for many years when I had no money and I didn't I barely had a working computer. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I had to use the when I was living uh, across from a library. Had to use the the the, the bad connection at the library across the street, um, or you know, I sometimes I just have to use my razor phone back when that was the thing, right? Yeah. Um, to um, and, and then and then eventually bought like a really bad computer from someone, but you know they, they were kind of have to sell it to me for for dirt cheap. So I had that, so I could finally start sending emails and whatever, and and sending pictures just. But like every day, always felt like something was always failing. Okay. You know, it's like you know, it's like oh man, I can't. Every day felt like a roadblock of, of sometimes just not having it, not having the the basic tools that everybody else had, like a computer and you know, good enough phone and work decent internet, just little things like that that seem like well, everybody's got those, right? Yeah. No, no, everybody doesn't have those, and even a few years ago, it was much harder to have um, any of those things at quality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so just kind of like trying to conduct my daily things of trying to promote a show and get things to a publicist and, and communicate with people was just almost impossibly hard, you know? And so every day was just like feeling like a constant failure. Um, you know, not every night of performing is that fantastic, Um, especially especially when you're developing what to you is a new style and experimenting with how you can work with people and involve people more and more and, and will they love it or hate it. And my shows can be one to two hours long of storytelling and theater and not necessarily 
what is con considered traditional entertainment. So sometimes you're just staring at an audience full of faces who aren't exactly too jazzed with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you just, you just keep going. So it's like the, the lesson that I have from all that is just kind of like, you know, uh, when it seems completely impossible, you're probably right. Just keep going. That's, I mean, that's all I, and I don't even know why I kept going. <laughs> just, just stay the course. Just because, I mean, there, you know, there's, there's, there are times where every day I just wanted to give up. Mm -hmm. Every day I'm going, why am I doing this? Why is this basic little task so hard? Or even creating the show next to impossible or dealing with this person with this part of my show or dealing with that person and that part. Why is, why is all of this never easy and sometimes not even fun? <laughs> You know, a lot of times it's not even fun. Yeah. And, and, uh, so I think, I think it's kind of like the, 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 the most simple lesson of just like, when you feel like you're always failing, you just keep going in spite of yourself. Yeah. You know, one of my, my, uh, previous interviews, uh, was a juggler named Scotty Meltzer. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he said, uh, and this is something that he actually used for one of his clients in uh, in one of his shows was that uh, everything that I've achieved up to this point has built has been built on a uh, a, a a big um, uh, structure of failures, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and and you hear it all the time. People say, uh, you know, fail often, fail forward. Um, you know the the thing about failure is it's it's always something to learn from, and you know oftentimes you 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 don't even have to really call it failure, right? You right. Know, it's it's just uh, uh, something else to learn from, and the the only time you fail is when you don't actually learn from it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I think a way of, of of putting it into perspective for someone who is still is, is passionate about magic. Um, has not decided yet to, to do it uh, professionally, whatever the term professional means. Right. Um, uh, you know, everybody, most people are learning from doing cards and coins at first, right? It's the, mm -hmm. it's the affordable form of magic, you know, a book or a video and a deck of cards from Walgreens, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, but everybody has to go in front of the mirror eventually and, and try it out on their own, right? Mm -hmm. And you practice and you study, you practice and you're trying and you are, that's a constant stream of failures you're having. It's like, oh, no, I did that wrong. Oh, no, I did that wrong. Oh, let me try it this way. Oh, no, that didn't work. Let me try it this way. That didn't work. Uh, I don't like the way the person who created the trick uh, does it. Let me try Let me try this instead. Oh, that failed. Oh, that, that failed. You're not considering them failures. You're just, you're just kind of, it's just practice, you're, you think of it. You're just practicing your skill. Mm -hmm. uh, but any practice of a skill is a constant stream of little failures before your brain and your hands figure out, oh, click, that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. And and you might discover things that that the original creator of the effect didn't come up with because you tried something different and you tried something else different and you tried something else different after that. And, you know that's that's the 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 micro version of life, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You um on the road to finding what works, you find everything that doesn't work. Right. You know, and then you just keep going until you find the one thing that does work. So, Christian, on, on the other side of the spectrum, can you tell us about uh, one of your favorite successes? When you're doing more spookier mentalism bizarre, mm -hmm. not every response is going to be, you know, the David Blaine run away from you response, right? Yeah. 
I love that stuff. I love, I love doing magic where I know I got the laugh and the amazement and the applause because yes, it does feel, fill my ego and my, de- and, my, and my delicate, delicate inner child. And, and, and also it's a constant stream of communication, you know, boom, this worked and all oh, that worked. And I got that reaction and there's this back and forth communication with an audience and that's wonderful. But, uh, when you've successfully weirded an audience out, when you've successfully got them to wonder if, if, you know, this magical antique really is spooky and haunted or has magic powers or whatever, right? That doesn't get the same kind of strong response all the time. That gets quieter responses. That gets like, I think Darren, uh, called Darren Brown calls it like kind of like the low bass rumble, you know, mm-hmm. where there is an effect in the audience. Have. There, there, there's a, the, the audience has experienced an effect and they are amazed by it. They just don't know what to do with that feeling of amazement. Yeah, you know? they don't know how to act. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's a much harder, at least for me, a much harder response to gauge. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm boring them or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to this day, like I'm a little more confident about what I'm doing, but uh, I still don't know. So, so the reactions, I mean, the reactions I'm going for a lot of times are, are ones where you are going to carry that experience and think about it for hours, weeks, and if I'm lucky, years later, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where, where it's just something where now the show and the experience of the show really has become yours and you have an ownership of it and you will think about this show for the longest time to come. Where traditionally, lots of magic shows, let's face it, we can forget about them. They're fun. We might remember one trick. Oh, the guy took my quarter and shoved a cigarette through it. And that's about it, you know? Yeah. Um, I love the idea of the experience of my magic show caring, being yours and caring through your soul, shall we say, mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of your life if possible, right? Right, right, right. Just, uh, just being with them for such a long time or maybe actually becoming part of them. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, and who knows what that means to them and how, the, how they contemplate that. And I think that's the, 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 any great art does that to you. Yeah. It stays with you. But that means I am not around when those moments happen in your life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so to me, what, I, what have become the successes are when I hear way later on, way, way later on uh, that someone had seen, uh, seen my show years ago, um, and they never forgot it. They still talk about it with friends. They still do this. It made them think about this or that. There was one time where, um, where I was, we, I was, we were shooting, we're trying to shoot like a little street magic style trailer, um, for, for, for one of my shows. And, uh, and, um, and, you know, we're, you know, we're out in front of the ferry building out in, in San Francisco and, and uh, getting people as they, as tourists, as they kind of walk by and, and asking them if they want to stop and do something with us. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and these, like, you know, three teenage girls walked by. And, and my girlfriend at the time, like, ran over and stopped, stopped them and, and charmed them into one, <laughs> wanting to, like, you know, oh, do you want to help us film this? And blah, blah, blah. okay, great. Yeah. And, and so one of them, one of them was like, is your name, like, Christian? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> is, are you the guy with the doll? Oh, yeah. And, wow. and now here's the thing. She was visiting her friends from the East Coast. She was visiting friends uh, in the East Bay, right, just, just across the bridge from, from San Francisco. But she was visiting from the East Coast. The friends she was staying with the night before had seen my, well, my show 
you know, a year or two earlier. And, and it was centered around, it was like this two hour epic with this, like this creepy doll and, and, uh, and stuff that happens with the doll. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and she had, and for whatever reason, now one or two years later, her friend happens to be visiting from the, from the East coast and, and staying with her. And, and, and she was telling her friend about my show. Wow. And by coincidence, that same friend meets up two other friends, goes across the bay on the ferry, gets off the ferry, and gets stopped by the at-the-time girlfriend of said magician to do a video. That's funny. Right? Now, she, she hadn't the, – the people there hadn't actually seen your show. Is that correct? They just heard from their friend? Exactly. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That is powerful. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, like, stuff like that has happened where – it's just way later on, somebody may come up to me and, and, I, and that weird sort of coincidence thing happens uh, or, or just some sort of like it just continued to have an effect on them. They've never forgotten that experience. Um, you know, at times people say they want to do my show again. Mm-hmm. They don't say I want to see your show again. They say I want to do your show again. Huh. So it's an experience for them, yeah. you know. Um, and that's, you know, I, I – I, many times miss getting the applause at the end of every queue, you know, because I, I miss knowing that this is working and, and everything, but I, I, it's traded in for this much better thing, uh, that, uh, that I, that I will never be around for, but I only get little hints. I only get little hints of those moments of success. Yeah. You know? Wow. That's, that's amazing. It's, that's, that's when it's personal, you know? Right. That's exactly. When you know, you're actually like, reaching past people's eyes and even past their their mind and like down into their heart you know right right exactly wow. <laughs> and i mean and i think uh, you know magicians whether out of insecurity or ego or all of it there's always this there's always been like you know the 20th century has always been a full of competition among magicians right mm-hmm. And who's going to be the greatest one of all time? <laughs> right? It'll be Gandalf. It'll be Gandalf. That's right. And <laughs> you shall. And and uh, you know, it's like Houdini did. You know, did the right thing. He captured people's hearts and imaginations, right? With 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 his escapes that that meant something more than just making the elephant disappear, right? Because mm-hmm. he which also he did, did do that. But he did well do that, him. right? But nobody talks about him making an elephant disappear. They talk about how. He was this man who could escape from anything, right? Yeah. That's that's that that's a little bit of you meant something more than just the trick. You you were playing to their hearts and their minds and their goals and their dreams and their and their failures and all of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, there's there's many other magicians that we love, uh, but in magic history, but they have not remained in our imaginations as much as as in as a consciousness, right? As a, as an American consciousness, right? Um, but you know, but even Muggles still remember—not as many Muggles, but as many Muggles still remember Doug Henning, mm-hmm. right? And 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 he he did the same thing too. He he hooked into our hearts and our minds and our souls in a different way. Um, uh, young David Copperfield did that in the same way, at least for me, because he was always telling stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and even David Blaine, you know, even though it was just you know, we, we, some some people could argue it's trick, 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 trick. He's not, you know, I, I think what a lot of people doing the street magic specials and street magic shows uh, are always missing out on is that he was, his persona, his character, everything he's, he, everything he's being is finding different ways to hook into our high, hearts and minds and souls. Because he's not just the magician, let me show you a trick, watch, 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 let me show you a trick. 
it's he's this man of mystery. He's this enigma who who approaches you on the street, does something to blow your mind, you know, maybe knows something personal about you or whatever, mm-hmm. and then just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mind mind blown. That's not a guy who says, look, 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 watch, 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 pick a card, pick a card. That's like even though sometimes he's saying that, mm-hmm. he 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 he's hooking into something deeper. Um so I, th- I think that the magicians who have always, you know, for me, Harry Anderson hooked yeah. into something deeper, you know, for, uh, I think the magicians who have, who have stood the test of time are the ones who always go for something a little more inside of us. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, the, for the 21st century, the, 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 the next greatest magicians of all time, if there will ever be such things again, um, are going to be the ones that do that and do that more than, than previous great magicians have. Yeah. Could you maybe talk about how you um, how you got your residency at the Exit Theater? How, how did that play out for you? Uh, tenacity and coincidence. Okay. Um, Exit Theater is where who produces the, the San Francisco Fringe Festival, mm-hmm. and I uh, a buddy of mine, Fred Anderson, uh, a com- comedy juggler. He'd already been like contemplating doing fringe festivals and that kind of thing, and he said, you know, maybe that, that might be a thing for you, so uh, you could do more theater stuff. And so, like, I submitted it. Most, most fringe festivals are a lottery, whether or not you get in. Some are juried. Some are they have different ways of doing it. So I submitted, and luckily I got in for two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they give you space and a little bit of PR, and if you're willing to flyer the hell out of everything, you'll get an audience. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you put on your, your four shows. And I did that for 2003 and four. Um, and 2005, I... Try. I asked them, "Hey, Exit Theater, because they had like four or five small theaters in one building. Um, would you be interested in, in producing me or co-producing me?" And they said, "Oh, we're not really doing that right now." Mm-hmm. So I got myself a small grant, and um, through Theater Bay Area and uh, organization here, and um, and that helped pay for the rent for the smallest space for like you know twelve weeks of you know twelve weekends, and I just produced my show myself, not knowing how I was doing any of it, you know, mm-hmm. but it, but it gave me a place to go fail. Right. Yeah. Um, both as a producer and, you know, learning the hard way. Oh, here's how you write a press release and here's how you do this. And, um, and, and not having audiences and, uh, and then just doing my own material and experiencing, experimenting with doing my own material. Um, and then, but, and, but, you know, exit kind of took a shine to me from, from that. Um, I became friends with, with the new uh, technical director and eventually became her roommate um, and, uh, and then also I, I was cast in a play. Somebody had written, um, a biographical play about Salvador Dali mm-hmm. and uh, they cast me as, uh, uh, Garcia Lorca, the, the poet. And cause Lorca and Get Dali were like essentially college friends, um, and maybe more than friends. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and so, and that was produced at, at one of the venues at Exit and the, and the artistic director of Exit had seen me there. See me, had seen me uh, uh, play the role, and she, you know, loved what I did. So it's kind of like just sort of being around, and then you know, uh, uh, having done the French festivals, and 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 her seeing me act. Um, you know, I, I was just kind of around, and she liked me. So when I approached her again, and I say, "Hey, do you want to produce me now?" Um, they're like, "Yeah, let's let's do that." And that was late two thousand six. Um, and uh, it never stops. Just I, I'm still an artist in residence there. They're 
they're happy to to produce whatever I want and and um and they never get in my way artistically. Wow. And you you've produced how many shows there? Uh so uh 13 steps. Mhm. Catchy title. Um yeah. especially uh, for magicians or mentalists. For, right. Uh, then it was the Pandora Experiment, uh, Now and at the Hour, which is actually something that they asked me to create to take to a festival in New York, mm-hmm. and then eventually brought it back here. Hmm. Um, uh, Obscura and the collection. So that's five shows, and five, and each one had has been mounted, you know, two to four times. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now in uh in in doing these who's ultimately responsible for bringing in bringing people through the doors is that you is that them is that a combination it's a bit of a combination yeah they have yeah. they have their their publicist who does the you know the usual initial press release and then a key keeps up the calendar listings calendar listings are probably more important than trying to even get pre-press okay um, um, the listings on the website, or yeah, listings okay. on the website on you know SF Weekly's website, but it, and even better if it can still be in print, even though people don't do print anymore. Yeah, um, but uh, but for the people who still do, it's like they since they can't fit everything that they can on the website um, in print. If you can be one of the few things that are are in print, mm-hmm. you also have a fighting chance of, yeah. of getting noticed, right? That gives you more credibility. A little bit. I, I still think our brains think like that. Yeah, I still think that it, it, it seems more credible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it doesn't really matter, um, the credible, not credible. But I think our brains th- still think like that because we're still kind of a, a print generation, which yeah. which may end soon. Um, <laughs> and maybe sooner than we think. Sooner than we think. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, he keeps up that end of it. Okay. And I mean, a, a lot has come from just calendar listings, just just like – and a lot of those calendar listings I put up myself online, and I will and I will pay the extra money to get the better viewing, to get the the the, the picture up or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and I've always been like I always do a poll at the end of, every, of of a lot of my shows, like a straw poll, just show of hands. How many people you know? How many people here have seen me before? How many people are new? To this day, it's still half and half. Mm-hmm. I'm like, new people, where did you come from? And <laughs> and and they say, oh, I saw it on a website. Which one? San Francisco something and that's like every website here is San Francisco something yeah so it's like I don't know where you came from but it's actually it's still very much online um uh uh so that's so that's that end of it um and then me just you know using my own email list which is not a huge email list at all I don't I don't go trying to snatch every email in the world yeah and and I've even like cut people out of the email list who weren't opening them after many years you know true Yep. So, so I have actually a rather small email list, but they're very diligent, um, and they 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 re- they typically op- give me a high open rate and a high click through rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I ever make a mention of hey, and please spread this email to a couple friends you think may like it, and let them know about the show, they do. I can see where those things are going, and there's always a handful of people. So it's like you know maybe I may have a smaller open rate some nights uh, or some some weeks, mm-hmm. but but I have. I have a higher open rate. How can I explain it? Fewer people sometimes open the emails, but those few people have sent them out to more people. Okay, so you know? there, there's more action being taken on the few emails that are opened. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means there's people who are genuinely invested in in in, in what I'm doing, mm-hmm. which I'm grateful for. Uh, that they really want their friends to like see it. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So now, now, do you yeah. do you think that's because um, just like you're, you're so personal and stuff online, personable and and uh, I, in the relationship building and stuff like that? I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think so. Um, and I also like to think because the shows can can be rather personal, whether whether it's right. me per- personally sharing myself on stage or yeah, it's it's or, an extension of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that's part of it. I I I, I always try to remain personable. Um, with all that and 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 yeah, especially with Facebook, um, and and yeah, and Facebook is the other way that I promote the heck out of things and yeah. Uh, what what is uh, what has been your biggest challenge that you've encountered since going pro? <laughs> Myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I mean, every, everything's a challenge. You know, trying to trying to get calendar listings is a challenge. Trying to put up the show is a challenge. Trying to trying to have an audience when the giants are in the playoffs, you know, that's, that's, you cancel shows when that happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like everything is, is always a challenge. Um, it doing it and every aspect of doing it is the challenge. Uh, uh, but the biggest challenge is, you know, how much do you want it? You know, that how, and how much are you willing to continue trying, uh, even in the face of constant challenges? I think the the biggest challenge is is just kind of dealing with yourself, and sometimes that means oh I'm too scared to some people are just too scared to create that show. I, I've, I've I've talked to many magicians who who are still you know passionate are still in the hobbyist place, um, uh, but they have these really great ideas, but they don't do them. And you know it's when you have a day job and a life, it's hard to want to go create a show, right? Yeah. Um, and then where do you do that? And it is hard to figure out. There's no. I don't have any sort of like set plan of like, here's the great way to create the show and how to produce a show and how to find a theater. It's all just been, I just kept trying until something worked. Yeah. And, and that's a scary thing to do both in the business aspect and in the art aspect. And sometimes, uh, you know, people just want to, you know, they want to create the art aspect of it and they don't, they, it's almost like it's not perfect in their head yet. So they don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you just, you, you get up and you start doing it. And and whatever perfection you have in your head may not even be the right perfection. You will figure out how to do it as perfectly as you can once you start trying. Yeah. Um, and and the same thing on on the business end of of uh, you know I didn't know how to produce shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I had to, and especially dealing with the world of theater and doing shows for the public, you just figure it out. I've you know I've had many shows, many nights where people did not show up and shows were canceled. Um, Thankfully, I've never had a bad review. I've had a few lukewarm reviews, but I've never had a bad review. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if that was the case, you know, well, that's the way it is, you know, <laughs> and and you keep going. Um, yeah, it's not I think for everyone, right? <laughs> it's not. It's not for everyone. I think the biggest challenge is just yourself. Whatever, whatever you're getting in the way of yourself, you kind of have to go. Okay, self, shut up, <laughs> and, yeah. and and tell yourself to just move aside. Don't fight. You don't have to fight yourself. Just tell yourself to step aside for a few minutes. You're trying to get through, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and you may have to do that sometimes on the daily, <laughs> yeah. and and uh, and and yeah. And if you're willing to do that, you know, most people accomplish amazing things with that. It may it may not make them the richest life, um, and it and you know, we've all seen great people in history who were great, but they were not even that happy all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and that's the choice <laughs> the one has to make in their life. Um, but you know, it they it allowed them to create great things that 
that uh, influenced the world and inspired other people that may still have changed their life for the better, you know? Yeah. So, yep. I, I think also overcoming yourself that, that could, uh, that could show its head in, in just so many ways. It can be fear of failure. It could be, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you have just like this mental block going on that you don't even realize, you know? Right. And so it could encompass so many things. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, looking back, is there anything you would have done differently up to this point? <laughs> Everything. Um, but, you know, it only it only comes from, like, having known now yeah. what the right things were, you know? So, yeah, sure, I would have done it all differently. I would have done everything the right way the first time. Um, true, true. Well, get, give us something specific. I, I wish I just – I don't necessarily wish I took a marketing class. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd read up more on marketing um, sooner. Uh, I, I, I definitely, you know, definitely being the artiste, mm-hmm. um, the artists don't want to deal with the business aspects. So I definitely wish I had learned a little more about business, whether that was just scoping things out on the internet, um, or taking a class or whatever. But you know, it's also, those are, those were also the things that I was going to have to learn the hard way anyways. Yeah. You know, um, you can, you can read all about them you want. It's not until you start doing them, you start realizing what will or will, will or, or won't work for you. Yeah. Um, but definitely uh, not not making myself an enemy to to the business half because it is called show business, you know. Right, and uh, it takes more letters to spell business than it does show, right? It does, it does, <laughs> and and but you know, it's it's uh, again, I, I come from the from the from the the snooty artiste side where we just want to make the art, mm-hmm. and traditionally, there's always been someone else if you're good enough that is smart, some other business person that is smart enough to see your talent and help you out right and um that's not the world we live in anymore not in the same way now it's it's we have all the tools to do it ourselves. that means we have to do it all ourselves yep right Uh, but that's also the power in things too right we we get to do it all ourselves and if if for some reason we don't make it we only have our own selves to uh to to be held accountable to you know right right Mm -hmm. um so so yeah but you know I, i don't know I guess look so far actually looking back there isn't anything huge that I would have done differently. I I feel like anything I've needed to learn I've I've learned along the way. Yeah. You know, I've learned I mean I've like I said I you know, started off with magic and then I learned theater and then I try to go become a a regular person with like, you know, a day job so I can learn what that <laughs> to learn what that's like because I think it's a very important perspective to have, you know. Yeah. Um and uh and but you know, I learned some business the beginning of some business stuff from Jay, and 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 I learned new things about my art from theater and telling ghost stories, mm-hmm. and and even and about promoting and stuff like that through Jim, who had to do it all himself, you know. Yeah. Um, and and learned aspects of of other sides of producing, uh, being part of the Mime Troupe, and and uh, and and when it came down to PR and marketing, learning that all the hard way myself, you know. And I I learned all those things at the times that I had to learn them, you know. So I don't know. I don't, I don't. It sounds it sounds trite to say, but I guess I wouldn't have done anything differently, apart from already knowing everything and being perfect straight out the shoot. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think you just do it, and you'll figure it out. Uh, that that's actually a, a theme that I've seen kind of weave its way through these interviews. Is that you can learn, you can and you can prepare, and you can study all you want, but you know, things don't really happen until, you know, the, the wheels meet the road and you actually start implementing things that you learn. So, right, right. yeah, 
Now, here we are at the end of the show here, and this is where I have you recommend a resource and then a couple of books. Uh, so first off, um, I'd like you to recommend a resource that you always use to our listeners, and this could be anything from an iPhone app uh, you know, to good old pen and paper. Yes, I actually still use, I, I still have a journal. I have like multiple journals that are rather disorganized and and um and whenever possible I try and like, you know, get out of the house and yeah. go someplace and just like write stuff even if it doesn't make sense. Um and see what things can come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh my, my resources are probably still the basics. I I you know, it's still Corinda and Tarbell and and uh, more recently, it's you know it's uh, 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 things like uh, Hantiques or Capricornies or Capricornian Tales um, uh, by Christian Shellman for inspiration and and it's like I feel like I've gone through those books. They're not very thick books. I feel like I've gone through them a million times, and I still go back and go, oh, there's that, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, but again, that's that's more the the the, the artist stuff. Uh, and uh, when it comes to, to the to, to the business stuff, uh, I'm I'm still a novice and, and learning uh, kind of the straight ahead business stuff of it. You know, I'm, I got my business plans for Dummies book, <laughs> and, <laughs> nice. and that that I read over and go, oh, okay, I should do that. Okay, um, so so yeah, so I yeah I, I would say you know the, the the old the old basics are still the best mm-hmm. to to at least like learn from it. To get to get your your initial stuff from you know yeah um, and because uh, I think even the the best innovative ideas still are coming out of that so I'll root it all back into those books um, and uh, and then good good old fashioned pen and paper and you know actually you know what the best resource is friends friends friend I mean friends yeah, friend, yeah. friend whether it's whether it's you know your your muggle friend in the office who who just likes you doing magic tricks for them, right? Yeah. So you can maybe tr- have a new person to try out stuff on. To I mean, like uh, all my friends have been uh, completely like invaluable. I mean, I have the magician friends and playwright friends and actor friends and director friends, and you know the corporate entertainer friends who are completely different from the 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 uh, performance artist friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 I will, uh, especially when creating a show, I'll talk to all of them, you know, and. And they all have amazing input that the other ones would never have had, you know. I, I some of my best ideas have come from my director writer friend, because he's thinking like a director and writer, not like a magician, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and but I mean that, and not just in the creation of the show, but oh, I know a friend that you could talk to, or have you considered this festival? Have you ever heard of this grant? I'm like, no, I haven't, you know. Um, yeah, I think the greatest resource are going to be your friends. Uh, and, and, and if you, if you feel like you don't have the the right friends for that, go make them. Yeah. Um, you know, Facebook makes things a lot easier to, you know, it's one thing to send a cold email, but to get like a message on Facebook, it's like, yay, someone loves me. Yeah. So to, yep. and so to send us, so to maybe reach out and send a little friendly thing on Facebook, um, you know, people sometimes do that for me. They, they do that, you know, they, they send me emails. I, they're just people I know online a bit, maybe from some bizarre magic forums, um, I don't really know them personally, personally, uh, but they reach out to me on Facebook and they say, "Hey, uh, I would like to do something like this, uh, but I don't know." And and you know, I try and answer the questions as complete as possible, you know. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm so in the long run, I've I've been very lucky to have uh, some really uh, amazing friends and and even just acquaintances that are that are you know 
you know, cool and important magicians that I'm not really close to at all, but we're acquaintances now, and yeah. and I and I feel like I can now reach out to them and ask for help if I needed it. You know, it's it's camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. So I'd like you to do one more thing for us, and that's just mm. to give a parting piece of advice to our listeners, and then tell us where we can find you online, plug your services, uh, and any products you might have. A parting piece of advice. Mm-hmm. When you're making a cup of Earl Grey tea, <laughs> don't dunk the bag. Just let it steep. Just, just, just let it steep. I don't know. I was being stupid. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, deep and theological. It's deep, very deep. And th- just like in life, in life, don't, don't dunk it. Just let it steep. Just let it saying? steep. See how deep that was. You see how deep that was. You know, if if we if we pick that apart, that can actually you know be pretty uh pretty profound. I mean, you have to like immerse yourself all the way into what you're right. doing, right. and not just like dip your toe in. No, no, exactly, exactly. You can't jump up and down and uh, in and out of it. You have to commit all the way. And then don't forget to add a little cream and sugar to make life interesting. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a genius. Oh, that's perfect, my friend. I love ge- it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, go ahead and tell us where we can find you online and uh, – and, uh, and tell us about your services. <laughs> you, you can find me everywhere online. If you just type in Christian Cajigal, C-A-G-I-G-A-L, into the Googles, you will find my website, my Facebook, my Twitter. I don't use my Twitter as much, but, you know, I'm there. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 you can find my, my, my Instagram. Uh, you can On Facebook, you can find my fan page, which I don't use as much because why if Facebook doesn't let anybody read it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do use my personal one more. Um, and you can friend or just click follow me on on the Facebook and um, and I do like to call it the Facebook because I like to sound like an old man. <laughs> the Facebook, the, the face, the Facebook and the Twitter. And, um, and, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, and then my website, you know, ChristianCajigal.com. Perfect. Oh, and I'll and I have my separate uh, uh, for professional corporate stuff, um, and that is at KeynoteMagicEvents.com. Nice. I'll have to check that out. Good times. Well, a uh, short note to our listeners, all of these resources and links uh, everywhere that Christian uh, referenced where you can find them online, uh, those you will be able to find linked up in the show notes, and that will be at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash Christian Kajigal, and that's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-C-A-G-I-G-A-L. Christian, you've helped uh, share all kinds of great information that our listeners can use to help grow their performance businesses. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise. Thank you very much. Hey, have a great day. You too. Hey guys, this is Chris Shepard, your host, signing out. I just wanted to remind you of a couple of things here. Uh, be sure to visit our Facebook group and interact there. You can find that at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash FB group. And also don't forget to check out that free PDF show booking and debrief form. And you can find that at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash booking sheet. And also if there's any way that that you think I can improve the show or anything uh, you would like to see in the future or anybody you'd like me to, you know, try and get on the show as a guest, uh, just shoot me an email at ks at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com. Now, go out there and make your dreams happen.
don't dunk it, just let it steep. 